we're starting with a going to Z, A to Z show. How's holy it going, buddy? Man, holy shit. Look at that. You came at me like fucking, uh, like a morning zoo show. Uh, I had no idea where I was at for a minute. I know. You looked a little starstruck. <laughs> I, I was, I was It's confused. because you're here with America's sweetheart, Andrew. That is true. And I am America's failed comedian, Zach Melcher. <laughs> <laughs> owning it. Yeah, I like it. Well, I've been a failed comedian since before. No, no, I'm saying owning the American, you know. Oh, yeah. We, we own I'm going to own the American. That's us. That's, That's the, the first time you dropped it, though. Greatest fucking it country you, in the planet. It took you ten episodes to you get there. sons of bitches. Yeah, because if people don't know that I love America, fight me. All right, I'm about to fight Zach. Fucking at me. <laughs> There's just, like, <laughs> tussling noises in the background. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Uh, better than expected, really. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because work is being a real dick I mean, torture right now, isn't it? I was really dreading it. It's Sorry. been going a lot smoother than I thought it would, so I'm pretty happy right now. Excellent. That's yeah. good to hear. This is our first ever uh, clean-shaven podcast. And the last ever clean-shaven And the last clean ever, shaven most podcast. likely, yes, yeah. I agree. Until yeah. we find something else like two, three years from now for Halloween that yeah. we have to shave for. That's true. That'd be the only reason I ever do. That's the only reason I ever shave. Or uh, job interviews. Mm. No, see, I don't care about that. I lose jobs a lot, so. Mm. Yeah. You know, I gotta shave every now and then. That's true. Apparently, I'm not what people would call a team player. Hmm. So. Well, if you wouldn't pass out from seizures all the time, maybe. Well, maybe if people would listen to me more, I wouldn't pass out from seizures all the time. <laughs> 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 uh, we had a pretty good uh, Halloween party there last weekend, Bubba. What, I'd say better than that. I thought I thought it was a quite excellent Halloween party. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Everyone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, they're all listening. Everyone's costumes were amazing. It really was. However, our Adams family one just blew it out of the fucking water, buddy. Well, yeah, I mean nobody stood a chance. No, really, not at all. We go all out. Because what it comes down to is that we care more about Halloween than them. That's just how it goes. Ooh, Rachel's not gonna like I that. I don't care. She she knows it, and I I I told her, so it's fine. Don't worry about mm. it. Okay. Did you tell her, or did drunk Zach tell her? It doesn't matter. Rachel doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You know, one thing I want to bring up real quick before we get into topics today, and mm-hmm. that can be a while down the road. I don't know how long we're going to banter this yeah, time. Yeah, who knows? I'm but I do want to bring up that last time, we specifically watched the new Pet Cemetery trailer beforehand and never mentioned <laughs> never it during the podcast. <laughs> I don't know if you realize that, but I'm sitting there editing. I'm like, where did we talk about it? We must have done that off mic because it's not on there. I didn't realize it until you just mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. It really is. Uh, well, you know what? That actually works pretty well because Saturday morning, mm-hmm. like two days after we recorded that, I made uh, Emma watch the original Pet Cemetery because she oh, had okay. never seen it before. Nice. So we can t- we can talk about both of them now. Let's go right in. Yeah. How's okay. it hold up? Nineteen eighty nine to two thousand eighteen. That's a bad question to ask me because mm-hmm. it's just like it's such an, a nostalgia film for me that I'd, I'm gonna love it anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it, it holds up pretty well, and Emma enjoyed it, and she okay. had never seen it before. So that's got to mean something, right? Did she had she read the book before? Did no. she know anything about the story at all? Had you read the book before, babe? She had not. Okay. Okay. Her mom likes it. Oh. But yeah, I was a big fan of it. I actually read uh, while I was watching it because I'd seen it like you know fucking ten times at this point. Hmm. I was reading through the uh, IMDb trivia, which is my favorite thing to do when I'm watching movies that I've already seen. Did you know who was uh, originally the first choice to play the Doctor? I did not. Bruce Campbell. Seriously? Not even shitting you. Says it Holy on shit. IMDb's trivia. That would have been a lot of fun. That's the only thing that would make that movie any any better. Yeah. 
him and Fred Gwynn together, man, oh, that would have been God. that would have been real fun. I'm just glad that now Emma gets all my jokes I was making about the fact that John Lithgow's character, Judd, right? In the Judd, mm-hmm. he doesn't have the uh, accent, and that's the only one that I want. Like that's my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. It was like Doc, the, the heavy main accent. <laughs> you don't want to go down there, Doc, with the road down there. <laughs> it's the fucking vest, man. Oh yeah, he... and it, it it gave such character to that whole movie, even where you're just like, oh, this is kind of cute. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, the baby's killing people. Oh, this is this is different. It is. Yeah, she was a fan of it. Apparently, there's a sequel that I have not seen. There is, and it's not great, but it is a fun, like, bad movie to watch. Like a nice little campy, mm-hmm. like starring um, Edward Furlong. Really? From T two, yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Shortly after that movie, yeah. that one. Okay, I think so that was ninety two, ninety three. So. Sounds like the year I was born, ninety two. Wow. All right, so you want to talk about the original Pet Cemetery first, and then we'll go into the trailer and our thoughts on that? I thought we just did talk about it. Yeah, but I want to talk about it more, because I was a big fan of it. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, love the film, obviously. Uh, was not alive when it first came out, uh, but eventually got to it. Because my grandmother, on my mom's side, mm-hmm. huge Stephen King fan. Nice. Owns all of those movies. Pet Cemetery, Carrie, uh, fucking Christine, Silver Bullet, all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Owns all of those. First on VHS, now owns them on DVD because that woman is insane. She's, oh, wow. She's probably the reason why I like Halloween so much because she was a crazy person. Okay. She's also the reason that I have a fear of clowns. So, Have I talked about this on the podcast? I don't believe so. Okay. so if I you have, I'm too drunk, so go ahead. I have a... Uh, very strong fear of clowns the reason i have a very strong fear of clowns is because i was about five maybe younger possibly four uh grandma was watching me Mm -hmm. uh, before her shift at the bar because she was a bartender nice and um she was watching me and it was like around halloween time like right around this time and she wanted to watch it like the original, like mm-hmm. you know, TV series with right. Tim with Tim Curry and all the other actors that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. And uh, how dare you, <laughs> Seth Green? Oh, that is right. Seth Green is in that. Um, that kid that killed himself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so Grandma makes me watch it with her, and I'm like four or five. She tells me that that's actually a true story, based on a documentary, and in fact, that clown Pennywise lives in her basement. Is what, is, is what she tells me. And I'm, you know, four or five years old. I, yeah. I believe anything that my grandma's going to tell me. So I'm freaking out. She's yeah. like, don't worry about it. Like, as long as you don't go down there by yourself, you'll be fine. Cut to an hour later. She needs help bringing up Diet Cokes. Like, she needs to bring up, like, I think a Diet Coke from the basement. So she goes downstairs. She's like, here, come down here and help me carry this. And then she goes, uh, hey, I'll be right back. Hang on a second. Runs up the stairs, shuts the fucking door, locks it. I'm not even kidding you. Whoa. 100% true. She is awesome. And then she's screaming. I want to hug her. She's screaming through the door. He's going to get you. He's going to get you. And I'm just like, I'm five years old, banging on the door. Like, let me out. Let me out. And she is laughing hysterically. I thought she was going to piss her pants. That's how hard she was fucking laughing. I want to go to her house right now and, and just I kiss have, her cheek. That That is a lovely story. And I have been terrified of clowns ever since then. So, But I've also loved Halloween ever since then. I like mm-hmm. being spooked. It's, it's a good time. She also, um, 
this is a story that I've heard. I wasn't obviously alive for this because this was when like my parent, like when my mom was in high school with her older sister and her little brother. Okay. Uh, my uh, my mom and her older sister and some of their friends went out to go see Friday the Thirteenth. Right? Mm-hmm. Is it is Friday the Thirteenth? The one with the ch ch ch. Correct. Okay, so they go out to see Friday the Thirteenth. Grandma's already seen it because she loves horror movies. So they go out to see it, and they're all going to come back to their house to spend the night. So it's like my mom, her older sister, and like five or six of their friends. While they're gone, my grandma hides under their bed and then waits for a good 45 minutes. All the lights are off. Everybody's getting ready to go to bed. Then she goes, ah, ah, ah. And I was like, okay, who's ever doing that? That's not funny. You uh-huh. know? She, she, like, she does it again. And then, so she does it a couple times and then crawls out from under the bed and she has a fucking hockey mask on and she just starts screaming at him and all those girls flip the fuck out. Their four friends would not spend the night over there ever again. (laughs) (laughs) My grandmother loved to scare people. I don't know why. It was just her favorite fucking thing to do. That sounds awesome. I'm like smiling at you right now. That's that's a great story. She was the best. She's a hardcore bitch. She's one of my favorite people in the world. Still a little terrified of her because there's definitely something loose up top, but in a good way. So she's she's like the opposite of uh, like the psycho killer. <laughs> as oh. a, like as opposed to like I, oh. I went to the song at first. <laughs> psycho killer, yeah. Kiss Kusay. But uh, yeah, she's she's like the opposite of that. Where she's like you know she's old now, mm-hmm. but she's still like a twenty year old who just wants to prank people at all fucking times. It's just her favorite thing to do. So. And I really respect that a lot. That I mean that that woman's the reason why I like horror movies. So, I I I I can't be mad at her. I'm a little. I mean, I should never go to a uh, psychiatrist because this is all going to come up, and they're going to be like, "Yeah, you should never talk to your grandmother ever again. Mm-hmm. She is an evil person." And I'll be like, Wait, "Very no, bad she was influence." Fun. Come on, man, we were having a good time. They're like, "No, she traumatized you. Mm-hmm. You still won't talk to clowns." She's like that. the root of your. Yeah. I'm like, that is true. I, I fucking hate clowns, so. Does anyone really need to talk to a clown, though? Like, I'm not scared of them, but I don't, I wouldn't talk to them still. How about a balloon? No, I don't need one of those. <laughs> anyway, to my first point. It's your the, second. Whatever. The original Pet Cemetery, huge fan of it. Love the movie. Love the fact because the f- practical uh, effects in that film are fucking top notch. It's pretty awesome. They're beautiful. Also has one of the best Achilles tendon cuts ever. It's pretty sick. Oh god, it's so good though. Like I, I remember, like I kind of forgotten exactly when it happened, and then like the scene started to happen. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Then the scene started to happen. I was like, oh. Here it comes. I got so excited because I just love that shit, dude. But, uh, yeah, got great that. Got a great ending with the uh, with the wife mm-hmm. because the doctor's a fucking idiot. Yeah, sure and, is. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about the remake? It's got a pretty good vibe to it. Um, I would uh, agree with that. Uh, I like I like the, the creepy kid factor to it. They're really kind of ramping that up a little bit. That's looks always like. good. That is mm-hmm. always good. Casting seems okay. I'm, I like Jim Lucow, and so oh, of course, yeah. 
wish he had the main accent, but mm-hmm. nah, Doc, you don't want to go over there. <laughs> There's still time. They can fix it in post. I hope so. I would, uh, I mean, if they go back and fix it in post and he has that accent, 10 out of 10. Yeah. 10 out of 10, perfect movie, nothing bad. The only thing that really bugged me for the trailer was they're really, I don't know, it seems like they're really telegraphing the, the semi-truck coming out of nowhere like yeah that is fair if a truck okay. driving that fast you're gonna hear it coming it's not just gonna sneak up on you mm-hmm. that thing like the horn honks and you, you hear the engine rev like as it's driving by them mm-hmm. and you didn't hear it at all before that right. so i don't know i mean i would That's say just like, picky. it it does kind of feel like they're making that trailer for fans of the old movies like they're definitely not trying to pull anybody new into that we're yeah. just like well, I mean, they're also just going to slap Stephen King's name all over it because he's hot as shit right now. So, Yeah, because it's Gerald's game, right? That's part of it, but mostly it. <laughs> yeah, it made a lot of money, didn't yeah. it? So it's going to be able to get a sequel? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're okay, already good. filming it right now. Good, 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 yeah. good. That was really good. I had the same thing where I watched that. Like I had, I had the same thing where um, when I finally watched the, I mean, air air quotes remake of evil dead mm-hmm. with with you because you finally talked me into it because yeah. like i usually hate watching remakes of movies that i adore and i, I love i really had to push it on you like i'm you dude. did it took fuck man i mean four or five times of me going over there mm-hmm. like, and hanging out with you for you to finally talk me into it and then i felt like a dick afterwards because i was like yeah that was actually a pretty good movie yeah. and i liked that a lot <laughs> but no that I mean, director's uh follow-up movie was really good too i don't know if you saw that uh don't breathe. Oh, uh, where they don't break breathe. into the guy's house and he's yeah, blind and he's, and he's a, blind yeah. and he can see shit or mm-hmm. like he, he's like daredevil essentially. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I think I saw a little bit of that. I remember watching that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a good film. I didn't like the premise for one reason because it was kind of it had the same kind of premise as like the collector where like your main protagonist that you're supposed to root for and hope that they survive is a person who broke into somebody's house. So I'm like, yeah, no, you, you, you can get murdered right now. I don't give a fuck. You're a piece of shit. So yeah. go fuck yourself. Yeah. I, I hope this blind man snaps you in half like a fucking rag doll. Fuck you. Other than that, though, great movie. Yeah. Some pretty cool twists in it, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like for like the very end where like, mm-hmm. I don't know, that, that, that almost seemed like, how do we make the blind guy the bad guy here? Because everyone's going to be rooting for him for a while. Like, mm-hmm. I... I got it. <laughs> yep. Yep, that wins, Gerald. You're good. Well done, Gerald. Good game. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Okay, well, no banter's going to top that. We might as well just go into topics. That's fair. Although, I, I want to make one more point. Do you? For the Pet Cemetery remake. Yes. I still hope they use... Coming some... in April. Yeah, right around my uh, birthday. I still hope they use at least one Ramon song. Okay. Because I mean, because you know the song he's listening to when he kills the kid is you know Gina was a was a punk rocker, which is a fucking great song. And then they also made the theme song for Pet Cemetery because Stephen King was just a big fan of yeah. the Ramones. I like how you queued that up at the party on Saturday too. No, oh, yeah, you yeah. like that? Fuck yeah, man! I love that song. I really hope that they can find some way to, like, I mean, I know it's going to cost a shit ton of money because I'm sure the fucking Ramones royalties are insanely high. If we can at least get Sheena was a punk rocker while he's driving the truck, I'll be so happy. 
Also, if we can get Stephen King to be the pastor at the one funeral, that would be that that I'd fucking come in my pants. That would just blow my fucking brains out. That was a nice little cameo. So yeah, so that's the two things that I want to happen. That was hilarious. Emma noticed that actually. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. For the pastor, because like you know he's like doing the sermon, and she goes, "Is that?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> She's like, "That's that's." She was gonna King, say Ben it? Affleck. So. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. She's like, "Is that Peter Parker?" <laughs> yeah, she was like, "Is that?" Stephen King, I'm like, yes, it is. That's what he wanted to play in this movie for some reason. I think it's because he wanted to wear a priest outfit and fuck around because he is a psychopath, and I love him. My favorite author of all time. Next to Thomas Jefferson, who wrote the Constitution. USA. USA. No, I don't know. I think I like the, the Dark Tower better than the Constitution. All right, but yeah, no. Looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Well, I'm hoping it's going to be great. I think it's going to be good. Okay. The cinematography, at least in the trailers, looks uh, pretty fucking top-notch. Yeah. John Lithgow is obviously an amazing actor. Not sure who the other two people are. They didn't look that familiar to me, but Mm -hmm. I think that's better. It's going to help you connect to those characters a little bit better. And, uh, yeah, I think we're all looking forward to it. Pet Cemetery. Sheena was a punk rocker. What's up? Pause a couple minutes so you can cut out the last 20 minutes, yep. and then we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> All okay. right. Who's ready for some topics? Like you, hopefully, because I've got several. I'm feeling ready. I'm, I'm ready to ramble, dog. All right. Dun, 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 dun. We need to get some fucking music. Halloween remake. Almost setting a record. Just said a few weeks ago by Venom. I didn't want to read too far down because we haven't seen it yet. That is fair. That is fair. Usually I don't give a shit about spoilers, but this one feels a little different. I, I kind of want to not know what's going on before I go in, you know? Yeah, this one, I'm kind of curious if they're going to do anything new. Yeah. Because it would be a lot of fun to see something new. Yep. So, we got to check it out soon. Oh, of course. Let's, uh, I I just want to read the title of this because it's, uh, okay. it's great uh, writing. Halloween slashes the competition with best franchise opening. Probably by a long shot. Like, I don't really remember any of these movies making much money. So, having $77 million, it's opening week, and that probably is more than the entire yeah. gross of any of the other sequels. It's got to be close. Well, like, the, the whole reason the first one made so much money is that it cost it so cheap. $400 to shoot. Right. So, and then when it made, you know, like a million, they were like, oh, holy shit, we just made basically a million dollars minus 400 Who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm glad that it's it's looking good. It seems like it's written by people who are fans mm-hmm. and like actually give a fuck, which is always a good sign for uh, any kind of a remake. Definitely. But yeah, I'm excited to see it, Bubba. We we got to finish uh, our last little bit of movies here. Oh, you still want to? Yeah. Do you not want to? Oh, I'm down. What if we can get them done and then we can go see this like right Halloween weekend? I'm gonna do the weekend after. Let's do that. Yeah, the weekend after Halloween. There we go. We'll go see the new Halloween. And then we'll give our review. Okay. Two fucking sad nerd fans yeah. who love Halloween. There we go. And we'll do a review. So, two episodes from now, guys. Strap in. Here it comes. For our next topic, before, if you'll recall, we had a topic on Venom where mm-hmm. they were talking about all the stuff that was cut out. Yeah. And Tom Hardy was a little upset because he was a big fan of all the dark puppeteering. You mentioned you were a fan of dark puppetry. That is true. So I think this is really going to be right up your alley here. I don't know if you heard about this, but Guillermo del Toro is going to co-direct a stop-motion animated Pinocchio film for Netflix. That sounds horrifying and awesome at the same time. Doesn't I can't it? wait. Oh, yeah. my God. 
Guillermo del Toro's fucking twisted ass psychopath mind mm-hmm. doing stop motion. It, it's it. It's gonna be an hour and a half long version of the fucking uh, sober music video. I know. <laughs> Holy sounds fun. Shit. I'm gonna go ahead and sign you up for that. Oh, I can't wait, man. That's gonna be fucking awesome. Well, like I said, it's gonna be an hour and a half long version of the sober music video. So it's mm-hmm. gonna just like fucking melt your goddamn eyes. Yeah. I can't wait for that. Guillermo del Toro has announced that he will be co-directing a stop-motion animated version of the beloved tale of Pinocchio. As reported by Deadline, Pinocchio will be his first feature deal to direct since 2017's The Shape of Water, in which he won Best Director and the film won Best Picture at the Oscars. As with del Toro's other films, his version of Pinocchio will be a much darker version, and the director has taken inspiration from... Gris Grimley's original design from the Carlo Collodi's 1883 novel, The Adventures of Pinocchio. Which I never knew was a book. Yeah, I was unaware of that. I just figured it was like an Aesop's fable kind of thing. Right. Guillermo del Toro has written the script with Over the Garden Wall and Adventure Times Patrick McHale. And he will be co-directing with Fantastic Mr. Fox's Mark Gustafson. Fantastic Mr. Fox is a really good movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. Production will begin this fall and will be a... Musical set in Italy during the turbulent 1930s. Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Didn't see that coming, did no, you? I did not at all. That confused me. The collision of innocence in a political environment of repression and growing fascism is reminiscent of the construct of his Oscar-winning Pan's Labyrinth. Everybody loves that movie. No art form has influenced my life and my work more than animation, and no single character in history has had as deep of a personal connection to me as Pinocchio, Del Toro said. In our story, Pinocchio is an innocent soul with an uncaring father who gets lost in a world he cannot comprehend. He embarks on an extraordinary journey that leaves him with a deep understanding of his father and the real world. I've wanted to make this movie for as long as I can remember. After the incredible experience we have had on Troll Hunters, I haven't seen that yet, Mm. I am grateful that the talented team at Netflix is giving me the opportunity of a lifetime to introduce audiences everywhere to my version of this strange puppet-turned-real boy. While Guillermo has been a producer on such animated films as The Book of Life and Kung Fu Panda 3, (laughs) one of these things is not like the other. This will be his animated directorial debut and will further strengthen his relationship with Netflix, which began with the creation of the Emmy-winning TV series Troll Hunters. Pinocchio will be a co-production of Guillermo del Toro, the Jim Henson Company, hell yeah, and Shadow Machine. And the film's puppets will be built by McKinnon and Saunders, who were responsible for creatures in Corpse Bride. Hey, look at that! Del Toro who will also be appearing in Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding for PlayStation 4, hell yeah, has been discussing this project some time. Also, it's important to note that this is a completely separate project from the Disney live-action remake, which has reportedly found its director in Paddington's Paul King. Well, that sounds pretty uh, fucking tits, is what that sounds like. I think so. So, it's a little up and down this week with Netflix, because while this does sound good... I'm, I'm already looking at the thumbnail, and I'm yeah. very angry. Yeah. Do you remember our conversation on Saturday? I do. Okay. I didn't know if you would or not. You were a little tipsy by the time I came out with the breaking tipsy. news. Coming off of last week's cancellation of Iron Fist, they've now announced that Luke Cage has also been canceled. Son of a bitch. So, a lot of people are speculating whether or not this might be like a return to the Heroes for Hire, as we mentioned before. Ooh. 
by taking out both series, will they now announce that there's going to be a new series with both of them? We have had our finger on the pulse quite a few times. I just want to point that out. Yeah, definitely. And there's also people thinking maybe this is uh, Disney starting to pull the strings, you know, with their Marvel. They own Marvel now. Mm-hmm. They've got their own streaming service coming here oh, next that's year. that's right. I didn't even think so about that. So maybe they'll be doing something with these characters. and Motherfucker. Maybe, I don't know. Can't Disney just buy Netflix so we can move on? I would... I don't know. Probably not. They're pretty pretty pricey now. One of them's got to have enough money. Or can they just shake hands and let us have a fucking coherent storyline? You cunts. Probably not. God damn it. Disappointing, for sure. Okay, so there has been, I mean, at least a handful of times now at this point that we have had our finger, this podcast finger, has been on the pulse of Hollywood's dick... And we have called what has been going on. Now, last week, talked about how we got to do Heroes for Hire because that is a way better story and they work well together. Mm-hmm. So best case scenario, this is a setup for Heroes for Hire. Okay. Worst case scenario is Disney is fucking us all in the ass like they did when they made the new Star Wars movies. Somewhere in the middle ground, maybe uh, what's-his-name is just tired of being Luke Cage. I don't know. Yeah. He was a good one, though. He was the only one, but yeah, no, he was fantastic. <laughs> I still wish they would have put a tiara on him, like in the old school comics. <laughs> Maybe they did. We haven't seen season two yet. so That's a good point. That's fair. So yeah, Maybe it's our fault. We should have watched it. No, I really hope it's Heroes for Hire. Well, yeah, but I mean, Brooklyn Nine-Nine got canceled and it got saved by Twitter. So everybody yeah. get on Twitter and tell them to bring back Luke Cage. Actually, you know what? Tell them to bring Heroes for Hire. Let's make a new show. We're going to do Heroes for Hire. They're going to fight Medusa and fucking Poseidon and shit. Yeah. It'll basically be God of War meets Heroes for Hire, but live action. So, like, Clash of the Titans thrown in there instead of God of War as well. Okay. And then, uh, since it's on Netflix, let's throw a couple boobies in there, too, while we're at it. Why not? Okay. And then you can wake up and realize where you're at. Yeah. Tell okay. me you're not going to watch that you're show. You're dreaming. I would Tell me you're not going to watch I would live in your show. dreams. You know that. Everyone would fucking this watch that show. <laughs> All right. Well. What a bummer, though, man. That's a I real know. bummer. So, I was going to bring you can also I from Netflix. At Disney for Star Wars for a little bit? Well, you can, but... <laughs> As they cancel, they also, you know, renew. Oh, nice. Disenchantment has been renewed for a season two. Good. With new episodes coming in 2019, 2020, and 2021. Son of a bitch. Spreading it out. Have you uh, watched Disenchantment at all? Still haven't. I know you were a fan, though. Were you a fan of uh, Futurama? Yeah, I like it. I think you like Disenchantment, then. Never really jumped back on after it kept getting brought back. Yeah, I don't. I haven't seen too many of those episodes, but the original run, I've seen all those. Yeah, I was a huge fan of Futurama. That was I. I actually, I think I like Futurama more than I like The Simpsons. Wow, really? Yeah. Like, in all honesty, part of that is the fact that like I grew up with Futurama, as opposed to like The Simpsons were already running for like four or five years by the time I was born. Right. But like with Futurama, it came out and like i was like you know seven or eight so i was like old enough to understand there was shit on tv that wasn't real but it was a show that i could watch okay and uh it's so not I, like the clowns from it exactly yeah they were real and they live in my grandmother's basement so like i always loved futurama and disenchantment is amazing and then you you even got emma who watched it with me and she doesn't even know about futurama really like has no, no 
feeling towards it whatsoever. Was never a big fan of The Simpsons. She loves Disenchantment. Okay. And it's pretty fucking funny. All right. Well, yeah, there's 10 episodes out already. The remaining 10 for that first season are going to debut next year. Nice. And then we'll get 20 more episodes for a season two over 2020 and 2021. Fuck yeah. I love so. Disenchantment. If nobody's watched it yet, give it... The first episode is a little slow. I will admit that. Give it, like, five episodes. They're all, like, half an hour long anyway. You know, like, if you're hanging out Sunday, you're hungover. Mm-hmm. You're waiting for Papa John's to show up so you can watch some football. Throw out a couple episodes of Disenchantment. Maybe you like it. Okay. That's all I'm saying. And now, let's go ahead and play the theme song for Zach's segment of DC Hate. Coming off the delay for The Flash that we mentioned last week. <laughs> We now have news. The Wonder Woman sequel is being delayed to 2020. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And uh, it seemed like perfect uh, synchronicity. The guy that you're really like enjoying his articles, uh, Chris Compendio. Yay! Yeah, he did a little write-up for you on Destructoid. So. Did another one for us? Yeah, there you go. Right. Go ahead. All right, yeah, let me go ahead and read this here. The only film in what I adamantly do not call the DC Extended Universe, although I guess I just did, that people universally like is Wonder Woman. I've heard that, by the way. A lot of people like that movie. I have yet to see it. But it appears that the sequel, Wonder Woman 1984, will take a bit longer to reach theaters. Originally slated for a November 1st, 2019 release, the movie will now be a summer film slated for June 5th, 2020. Holy shit. They went all the way around. Uh Uh-huh. Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot, tweeted out the news earlier today. She is gorgeous, by the way. Yeah, get ready for this uh, PR spin, though. (laughs) All right, here, wait, let me get my Gal Gadot voice. Super excited to announce that, thanks to the changing landscape, we are able to put Wonder Woman back to its rightful home, June 5th, 2020. Be there or be square. Why don't you be in the Marvel Universe so you can be an actual good actor and stop getting fucked over by everybody Thanks to the changing landscape. Yeah, what the fuck is that supposed to be? The changing landscape? Per THR, Warner Brothers, president of domestic distribution Jeff Goldstein, expanded on Godot's characterization of the new date as its rightful home, saying, We had tremendous success releasing the first Wonder Woman film during the summer. So when we saw an opportunity to take it... Oh, you want to talk about fucking spin. When we saw an opportunity to take advantage of the changing competitive landscape, we did. This movie lands the film exactly where it belongs. No apparent creative differences... Okay, uh, I'm out of the quote, by the way. Sorry, guys. No apparent creative differences or crazy film-changing reshoots like Fox's The New Mutants, but rather a strategy to draw a audience during a more opportune time like Fox's other thing, Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Seeing how the first film's June 2017 release, plus the positive reception and word of mouth, led to a massive box office haul, it is believable this is a move to possibly make lightning strike twice. Considering it seems like DC Films and Warner Brothers have no clue what they're doing, <laughs> <laughs> it isn't the best look to have single movies scattered around their schedule with only one 2018 film in Aquaman and Shazam coming in not even four months later. Jesus. Really? They're doing Aquaman? Then Shaz- so Shazam is going to steal box office money from Aquaman. Let me ask a question real quick. 
Is DC a giant shell corporation that they're just trying to hide tax money in? Is that what's going on? It could be. Because it kind of feels like it. It's like they're doing everything they can to not make money. These two films have to be good in order to maintain excitement in the long term for this entire operation. On the other side, Marvel Studios and Disney's are pumping out three movies a year. (laughs) Yeah, because they're good at what the fuck they do. Yeah. I am curious to see how much of the film Warner Brothers will tease until the, their release date. We've seen official set photos of Godot and Chris Pine. Oh, is he still in there? Apparently. A look, yeah. a look at Kristen Wiig as the villain. Mm. Okay. She's a cheetah? Or oh, is she a cheetah? Mm. Okay. Well, I mean, that's supposed to be Wonder Woman's biggest uh, villain. So, And news that composer Hans Zimmer will return with the electric cello for some sick jam sessions. <laughs> Okay, so DC is just uh, trying to burn their entire office down? Is that what's happening? Or I'm not 100%. Yeah, that's definitely weird. I don't know. I really don't know what to make of it. I mean, granted, I haven't seen the Wonder Woman movie yet. I've okay. heard it's the only good movie in the DC universe. That's a fair assessment, yeah. I don't, I don't like it, man. I don't, yeah. I don't like how I feel right now. I was, I'm a DC fanboy. I care about DC. I like their characters. And they're making me not like their characters. Oh, God. No. Mm-hmm. It's time. I don't... They got Hawk and Dove involved. Motherfucker, I even like Hawk and Dove. Oh, uh, no, and even look at, the, look at the main headline. They're even turning them brutal and violent. Dove literally... Okay, let's talk about what we're talking. You read it, because I'm going to be too fucking angry to do it. Right. Your favorite show, Titans, mm-hmm. has a episode two review up. Hooray. Mm-hmm. I know. We're going to be uh, watching this soon. <sighs> Jeff Johns is involved. Yeah. So, uh, Titans episode two is titled Hawk and Dove. Great heroes. A lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Great okay. heroes. Have a uh, fantastic story in the Blackest Night storyline. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what they're going to do here. By the way, Dove's power is healing people. So if Dove is uh, fucking brutal and killing people, mm-hmm. then they've literally never read a comic and they go fuck themselves. Okay. Well, spoilers ahead. <sighs> which I know you won't care about. But you, we are going to watch these. So just have that in the back of your mind. I feel like my eyes are going to glass over. I know. <laughs> so from IGN, the review of the episode. It's been hard to know exactly how to feel about Titans. No, 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 it hasn't. On one hand, DC's TV track record in recent years has been pretty great. And the fact that both Greg Berlanti and Jeff Johns are involved as executive producers is always a promising sign. I love Jeff Johns. Which, yeah, you said that before. I love Jeff Johns. On the other hand, how can you take a superhero show seriously when it features Robin stomping on criminals' necks and growling, fuck Batman? Thankfully, the end result has so far been better than that early footage would have you believe. Really? Titans is definitely a slow burn, as well as being a series that's still trying to settle on a consistent look and tone. But Hawk and Dove help solidify a clear hook for the series. Okay, let me just point out, I hate the term slow burn. Uh Uh-huh. I got fucking tricked into seeing a terrible fucking movie because it was a slow burn. Do you remember the movie Unfriended? No. Where uh, they're all like in a Skype call together? And then, like, some ghost starts killing it. everybody and yeah. shit. I think I saw a trailer for uh, it and was like, no thanks. Saw the trailer and I was like, that movie's gonna fucking suck dicks. No thank you. 
And then one of Emma's friends was like, no, nah, man, it's a slow burn. You're going to like it. And he knew good movies, so I assumed he knew what the fuck he was talking about. Okay. Had he been in the state after I walked out of that movie theater, I would have stabbed him in the neck. I, I would have went fucking Robin from Titans on his ass and fucked him up. That movie sucked. And I hate the term slow burn because it's fucking bullshit. And I still think Titans is going to suck. And I'm sure they ruined Hawk and Dove and they can go fuck themselves. Okay. Continue. All right. <laughs> it's an unusual choice to focus the second episode of the series on guest characters when we've been able to spend so little time with even the main quartet. As it is, we see nothing of Starfire or Beast Boy in this episode. Why would you? With the focus shifting to Hawk and Dove and their somewhat unsavory history with Mika Dick Grayson. Kelly. Why does that name sound familiar? All right, never you mind. want to Google it real quick? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't care that much. This it's, show just it's makes clear this so is angry. one area where Titans is going to differentiate itself from the Arrowverse. Whereas all those shows establish the core premise and cast of characters in their respective pilots, it's looking as though Titans may take the majority of its first season to really bring these characters together as a team and family. Well, yeah, you're fucking better because you didn't do any part of that in your pilot. I do wish there was more emphasis on Starfire right now. In many ways, she's the most intriguing character on the show. She's always been. We can pretty much glean all we need to know about Dick and his reasons for ditching Gotham City. But there's a lot up in the air where Corey is concerned at the moment. Not to mention that Anna Diop delivered easily the strongest performance in the premiere. I'm going to disagree. Um, I, I haven't seen it, but I, I would be shocked if that's true. Because she had nothing to work with. That all being said, okay. this episode is able to introduce Hank Hall and Don Granger to the narrative organically <laughs> enough, with the two providing a way station of sorts for Dick and Rachel. Plus, both characters seem designed as a sort of cautionary tale for Dick as he slowly makes his way toward becoming leader of a super team. They are teen heroes who never figured out when to call it quits, chasing a white whale even as their bodies begin to fail them and their dreams of finding a better life slip away. Their presence reinforces the idea that Dick is going to have to find a new path before he, being Robin will destroy him. In the process, he'll have to learn to be a better mentor to Raven than Batman was to him. Yeah, he becomes fucking Nightwing. We've all read the... Motherfucker. Both Richson and Kelly do a good job of bringing these characters to life, and they're making their relationship seem grounded and believable. You can take issue with the way the actual Hawk and Dove mythology is adapted here. More on that later. Motherfucker. But they paint a convincing portrait of two lovers who have been through hell and find their shared past coming back to haunt them. There's a nice aura of tragedy and fatalism to their story here. I'd love for them to be recurring players in the series, though obviously the ending calls into question whether that's even going to be an option. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I guess we're going to (laughs) just kill him off. You finally wrote two good characters. Let's murder him. As for Dick himself, he continues to succeed in a role that could have gone wrong for all sorts of reasons. He's able to bring just enough charm and confidence to balance out the character's brooding darkness. I fucking highly doubt that so much. It's not even funny. In a larger sense, that's a major reason why the series is able to avoid devolving into the ridiculous parody of itself that it might have been. It is. It is that, and you know it. It's clearly self-aware and willing to poke fun at itself from time to time. From time to time. Fuck you. As we're seeing from Dick's character arc so far, the darkness all seems to be geared towards a specific purpose. We're not really supposed to be thrilled that he's maiming and crippling most of the criminals he comes across. It's treated like the tragedy it is by most of the other characters. I swear to God, I want to take a bite out of this fucking microphone right now. This is making me so goddamn angry. Still, the violence in this series does seem a tad excessive. Oh, you think? Do we really need every fight to end in giant splatters of blood and the sounds of bones crunching? 
Why not? When you can't write a story, why not just put a bunch of excessive gore? Does it serve a purpose beyond flaunting the freedom afforded by being a streaming exclusive series? At some point, the extreme violence start to work against what the writers were going for with these characters. How do you know what the writers were going for? They're fucking idiots. Thwaites already revealed that the reason Robin is estranged from Batman in the series is because Batman has become a killer. Turn this fucking podcast which, off. Yeah, that's weird. going to take some justifying. But given how ruthlessly and recklessly he fights, Robin can count himself lucky if he hasn't racked up a major body count by now. That's to say nothing of the sight of Dove slicing her way through criminals with razor-sharp wings. She heals people. Her power is literally healing people. She's Isn't like she a supposed to be the peace-loving member of that particular dynamic Yes! Group? That is the whole fucking... <laughs> <laughs> okay, first off, before we even get into this Hawk and Dove shit, yeah, which yeah. needs to be getting into, we kind of glossed over something, which is the fact that apparently Batman is a killer. We brought that up last time, yeah. I know, but I need to bring it up again because okay. it still makes me angry. Um, you like the Rocky movies, right? Yeah, I enjoy them. What if Rocky wasn't a boxer? Would you watch that movie? Not, not as willingly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You like uh, you like World War Two movies? You like war movies? I've seen a few. Yeah. What if all of those films took place four hundred miles away from where the war was going on, and people are just talking? That's that's not good. Yeah, I agree. That's the kind of shit you do when you make Batman a killer. You've taken literally, literally the one rule. There's one fucking rule that Batman has. One. One goddamn rule. He doesn't kill. And then you've made him a fucking killer. If I knew more about fucking Doctor Who, I could make a good joke here. But I hate Doctor Who too. <laughs> I don't hate Doctor Who. I don't like it either. It's it, it's like if Harry Potter like broke his wand in half and stopped being a magician. I assume I have no idea how Harry Potter works. It's like if fucking Percy Jackson decided he wasn't Greek anymore. He was just gonna be Irish and wasn't half a god or whatever the fuck that movie was. How do you fucking you make Batman a killer? Mm-hmm. Okay, now we we we've already talked about this. I'm not gonna hang on it for that long. Let's go back to this Dove thing about Dove slicing her way mm-hmm. through a bunch of criminals with razor-sharp wings. Right, like she does in the comics. Yeah, exactly like she does in the comics, except uh, the opposite. Here's a thing that was kind of fun about the Hawk and Dove storylines. Hawk was a, like, big, brashy fucking, like, he was a fighter. He just loved to fucking punch people in the face and shit like that. Uh-huh. And if I remember correctly, it was like he could, like, like, shoot fire out of his hands, I think. And he was, he, he was essentially Warhawk. That was his name before he found Dove. Okay. And then Dove came in. And sliced him with her razor wings. Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't care. <laughs> Dove comes in. Dove can heal people and um, is a pacifist and keeps Hawk kind of in line. Sort of the whole reason why Robin becomes a thing with Batman is that Batman starts getting a little too crazy. So he gets Robin... To kind of like try to teach him to be the hero again that he was before he started just breaking kneecaps and shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just. I'm Check really, out this cool picture, though. Doesn't she look good wielding a knife? I'll be honest with you. It looks. You take the knife out, that's a really close shot of the Dove costume. That looks really good. I'll mm-hmm. show you some pictures afterwards. I just. I. It's this. 
I know we were talking about this earlier, and I'm sorry to bring it up. I know some of you guys don't listen to comics, and I apologize, or don't read comics, or listen to comics. It's just, comics are modern-day myth. That's what comics are. They're our mythology. They're, they're the Odyssey, the Iliad, shit like that. You've taken that, and now let's pretend like uh, in the Odyssey, instead of trying to go home, he wants to go to Burger King and get a, like a fucking double Whopper. I'd watch that. That's essentially what you're doing. Yeah. Only you've taken all the fun and love out of it. It's just such a shit in the face of people who care about this. I'm done talking. Continue your fucking re- well, review. You, you see, this is a case where going the comic faithful route doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. The supernatural mythology driving the characters doesn't seem to be in play here. Not yet, at least. You're fucking one of your characters is possessed by the goddamn devil. How does superna- supernatural shit doesn't work into that at all? No. No? No? So doesn't work? That means these two are just two costume vigilantes punching their way through the streets of Washington, D.C. Given the grim, blood-soaked tone of this episode, it seems strange to think that these two characters would dress so gaudily. Okay, so we can have one character who can transform into a any animal that he wishes. Well, he's not in the show yet. Another so. character who uh, is a warrior princess from a version of cat people, essentially, from a different planet who fires molten lava out of her hands. Uh-huh. Notably absent from this episode. Though, so. Another character who is possessed by the devil, whose mother was murdered. But having Hawk and Dove would be, like, it would just ruin the supernatural. Like, it it, it would ruin the groundedness of this show, is Correct. what you're fucking telling me. Yeah, you, see, you finally get it. That's good. You know what good writers do? They make that shit grounded. That's why Constantine was good in the first place. Not the movie, the comic book. The movie was still pretty okay. Yeah, it had moments. The, the comic book is fantastic, though. Oh, yeah. Because it was how he grounded the supernaturalness of what the twist is from the Alan Moore Swamp Thing run. Mm-hmm. That's where Constantine comes in to explain everything. So if you're a good fucking writer, supernatural shit doesn't stop you. However, if you're a good writer, you're not working for supernatural either. So is that, is that show still going? Oh, yeah. That Season 13. A, that is a damn shame. I hope that ends real soon. Yeah. It's All a guilty right. pleasure of mine. I, I kind of enjoy it. It was until season uh, six where it was supposed to end, and then they didn't. Remember whenever the apocalypse started, and then mm-hmm. just like kind of pretended like we that, that didn't happen the well, next Well, I mean, season. now the apocalypse starts every year, so. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I loved the first four seasons of Supernatural. They were fantastic. So one big area of improvement this week in Titans involved the handling of the show's villains. The premiere was pretty underwhelming in that regard, introducing and promptly killing off Constantine Kovar, a character who fared much, much better in Arrow Season 5. Slam. But this time around, the villains brought a lot more flavor to the table. This series seems content to play with obscure and nameless villains in the slow build-up to the inevitable Trigon conflict. Fair. But it's clearly willing to have some fun with characters like the nuclear family. Oh, that was a that was a Batman Beyond villain too. Oh yeah. Hmm? Okay. In a world where even the heroes are practically psychopaths, you really need to have deranged, over-the-top villains opposing them. Yeah, but they can't be supernatural because it just wouldn't work with the groundedness of the show. One other welcome touch with this episode involved the various quiet nods to other corners of the DCU. Don't bring the other DCU into this, please. Dick's phone contact list is a treasure trove of character references. Oh, fuck off! Don's Superman shirt confirms that the Man of Steel exists in this world. Not that I particularly want to see how he's turned out in this universe. Oh, God, he would just be like the fucking Hitler running the world, right? He's just murdering people left and right? And best of all, we get a long-distance interaction between Dick and Alfred. Oh, fuck. It's fine if the writers want to downplay Batman's presence in the series, but it would be a shame to completely ignore the Gotham City cast of characters as Dick makes his slow, painful evolution into a different sort of hero. Fuck you. 
overall verdict, Titans is proving to be a surprisingly enjoyable take on this iconic DC team. No way. Even if the extreme violence and darkness hurts as often as it helps. This week's episode succeeds despite ignoring two of the four main characters in favor of Hawk and Dove. These new additions are integrated logically into the plot and help solidify Rick Grayson's character arc as an evolving hero and a father figure to Raven. No. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. Oh, God. I have to buy this fucking uh, streaming I, service. I can't now. wait to see it. We, we need More to start watching it. I can't wait to see it with you. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to have to watch it together. Yeah. I actually like that costume for Dub, though. I'm going to be honest with you. Except for the uh, giant combat knife that she has in her hand. Yeah, the, the Bowie knife. Not a big fan of that. But She's the, holding it on like gangster style. Yeah, like she doesn't know how to knife fight. That's not how you start one. I just... You can't wait, I know. I am so fucking... It just, it makes me feel like I wasted my entire life because I've been reading these comics for... A good, let's see, I'm 26 now, so a good, fuck, close to 20 years. Call it 18, 17, 18 years I've been reading these comics. And then to be like, yeah, but that doesn't matter. We're going to do all this different shit because we need to get the new kids in here. I'm like, well, then why the fuck did I give you so much money for 17 goddamn years? So they can be cool and edgy now. Yeah, well, they're not cool and edgy. What they are is shitty. And they don't know how to write a fucking book. And how is Jeff Johns and involved with this that guy's an amazing writer fuck fuck all right i really don't have too much to like bring you back up this time so i'm just gonna do a couple quick hits and then we'll <laughs> get something shit to make me angry. yeah <laughs> look right, over here look over here look over here yeah, yeah. then we'll talk about something i like okay so not really related to anything we really talked about before but um i guess it's sort of movie related okay they're doing a replica of the titanic ship and they're gonna let it sail the original path. What? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you want to book a ticket? I mean, what are they calling this? The let's spit in God's face tour? What's the plan here? <laughs> no. He he already knocked the fuck out of it one time. He taught you your lesson. Why yeah. are you doing this again? Check out what they're calling it though. Titanic two. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. <laughs> Why are you, I mean, like, It'll be put into service on the original Southampton to New York route across the Atlantic. Although, according to Cruise Arabia, the ship's first voyage will take Titanic 2 to Dubai. All right, look. All I'm saying is I don't want this to happen. Uh-huh. I hope everything goes 100% smoothly and everybody has a great time. If this shit sinks and everybody dies again, uh-huh. no one is allowed to be sad. That is your fault. <laughs> you spit in God's face. You asked for this. You can only put your finger into a fucking mousetrap so many times until you learn to stop putting your finger in a fucking mousetrap. You did it once, and now you're doing it again. So if you get lucky here, congrats, and I'm happy that you had a good time. But if everyone dies, I don't want to hear anybody saying that they're sad, because you fucking asked for this. We'll have nine decks, 835 cabins, and hold 2,435 passengers. Yeah, I hope they have enough lifeboats this time. It will create an authentic Titanic experience, providing passengers with a ship that has the same interiors and cabin layout as the original vessel, while also integrating modern safety procedures, <laughs> navigation <laughs> methods, and 21st century technology to produce the highest level of luxurious comfort. <laughs> it'll I be just like that. it'll be everything just like the the last part, but we're going to have enough safety boats. I swear to God, guys, I promise. 
We'll have plenty of doors for everybody to float on. I hope everyone's safe, and if you all die, it's your fault. I just want you to know that. Alright, so let's yeah. switch to some more movies here. Yeah, I, know, I know how you like uh, your, your Nick God's Cage face. movies. I do love Nick Cage. Uh, I know you're familiar with The Bad Lieutenant. Love Bad Lieutenant! So, this article was kind of neat. kind of popped my eye. I was like, oh. exactly like this. Uh, Nicole Kidman goes Bad Lieutenant in Destroyer trailer. Ooh, are we doing like a female movie? Bad Lieutenant? Is that what's uh, going on apparently here? Apparently so. Check that out. I would not have thought that was Nicole Kidman. That's Nicole Kidman? Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> That's like the same thing as like when Charlize Theron was playing uh, Monster, Eileen yeah. Warnos in, in, in Monster, where you're like, holy fuck. Yeah. Do you uh, want me to read this? Sure, go ahead. Okay. It's just a quick one here. Nicole Kidman isn't one to shy from darker films. Like last year's crippling The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Haven't seen that. Oh, it's good, dude. Nice. Check it out. I'm going to check it out. But Destroyer may see her at her most transformed. She's as scorched as the desert surroundings. More than a few screws short and on a path to violent retribution. Is she Mad Max? What's going on here? (laughs) It looks to be a blistering, emotionally exhausting ride. The film sees Kidman as as LAPD detective Aaron Bell, who survived an undercover stint with a gang in the California desert that met a tragic end. Several years later, that gang leader reappears, and she has to work her way through the remaining members while facing her own past demons. Will this be a sort of kill bill with cops and robbers? Maybe. No matter what, though, it looks to be one to watch out for this winter. Karen Kasama is directing. Her previous credits include Jennifer's Body, ouch, that's a terrible film, which I would argue is better than most people think. You would wrong. You would be wrong. And The Invitation, which I don't know. Which I would argue is worse than most people think. <laughs> yeah, I think he has these backwards. I agree with you. Jennifer Body was not very good. Jennifer's Body was terrible. I did like The Invitation. I thought it was a neat, neat little uh, semi-horror film. I think I saw The Invitation one and it's once, and I don't remember it. So I'll give it a 6 out of 10. <laughs> All right. Is that is that fair? I've seen a lot of movies. If yeah. I don't remember the movie, I assume it wasn't that great or that bad. Yeah, it's, it's probably right. Yeah, 6 to 7 range. Okay. So yeah, there we go. It works. Jennifer's body was a fucking steaming pile of poor shit, though. Just so we're all on the same fucking boat I mean, I'm, here. I'm also not a Diablo Cody fan. So. Fuck no. Diablo Cody sucks. She's a terrible go-go dancer who was too fat to be a stripper and sucks at screenwriting as well. Go back to mixing drinks and don't talk to me. Anyway, going back to this. <laughs> Neither of those, however, look anything nearly as moody and stark as this. Destroyer will reach theaters in New York and Los Angeles on December 25th. Oh, on Christmas Day 2018. Before expanding in January. Look at you, fucking Destroyer. To be fair, though, about Jennifer's Body, if Kusama directed that, Jennifer's Body is shot well. Okay. There's actually pretty good shots. There's decent cinematography in there. Yeah. It's the acting and the writing, the writing. and the dialogue that's fucking terrible. Yeah, which, like I said, Diablo Cody. So. Yeah, which is Diablo Cody, who sucks. And I would love to have her on the podcast if we could. Okay. I want to ask her why she sucks so bad. She's Oscar nominated. Doesn't make her good. You know who I really want to interview? Diablo Cody's tattoo artist to know what it's like to work on that much arm fat. Wow. That was uncalled for. <laughs> Fuck her. She sucks, and you know it. Jump right into body shaming. I'm not body shaming. I'm mm. shaming Diablo Cody. 2018, man. It only counts as a body if there's a human inhabiting it. Diablo Cody's not human. It doesn't matter. Okay. Speaking of inhuman. <laughs> Speaking of Diablo Cody, she'll be on next week. <laughs> <laughs> 
Disney is looking to reboot the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Why? With the Deadpool writers. Why? So you're going to take over Fox, and instead of greenlighting another Diablo or a Deadpool movie. <laughs> Sorry. You got me. <laughs> you got me <laughs> fluttered now. We're going to take over Fox, and we're going to green light a Diablo Cody fucking uh, biopic. <laughs> I didn't say Cody. I said Diablo. So they're going to do it off the old video game from Blizzard. Diablo 2 is dope. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, they're going to reboot Pirates, which uh-huh. there's no need to do because the last Pirates movie came out two fucking years ago. There's no need Get to fucking that, yeah. reboot it already. Let it breathe, dog. Right. Let it breathe. Uh, also, really known about it yet besides that. They don't know if Depp's going to be in it or not. And they're going to use the Deadpool writers, which means they're stealing two good writers who could be writing good movies to write some fucking reheated horse turd of a film. Yep. And then, uh, yeah. So uh, maybe Diablo Cody will be in it. I can't okay. wait. Excite. <laughs> I am excited. <laughs> OMG. I'm Diablo Cody. I'm going to direct the new fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I had to look at the screen and know what movie we were talking about. Did you see that? <laughs> I saw the glance. I didn't know what for. Oh, God. I hate Diablo Cody. Yeah. I hate Diablo Cody almost as much as I hate everyone who works at DC right now. Dan Hauser. Yay! Yeah. He was quoted in an article today that he was actually thankful that he's not releasing Grand Theft Auto 6 right now. Really? Yeah. So, I'll let you take this one finish it up here okay. for us. <clears throat> This is by the IGN staff. Dan Hauser has said he's thankful, that's in quotes for some reason, to be releasing Red Dead Redemption 2 and not GTA... Oh, is that supposed to be a 6? Yeah. Okay, that's a weird uh, font. And not GTA 6 this week, because the latter would be out of date within two minutes. (laughs) In an extensive interview with G-Cube, the Rockstar co-founder discussed how his flagship franchise's tone doesn't quite mesh with the current cultural climate. Yeah, no shit there. It's really unclear what we would even do with GTA 6, let alone how upset people would get with whatever we did. Both intense liberal progression and intense conservatism are both very militant and very angry. It is scary, but it's also strange, and yet both of them seem occasionally to veer towards the absurd. <laughs> It's hard to satirize for those reasons. Some of the stuff you see is straightforwardly beyond satire. It would be out of date within two minutes. Everything is changing so fast. That's hard to argue with. No, I agree with that. I think we were talking about this like four or five episodes ago that nobody has a fucking sense of humor anymore. Yeah. Red Dead Redemption 2's more serious, backwards-looking approach seems preferable to Rockstar then. However... Hauser also keen to make clear that the new game's approach to presenting history is built somewhat around modern values. It was oppressive. When you look at what was going on, it may be a work of historical fiction, but it's not a work of history. We want to allude to that stuff, but you can't do it with 100% historical accuracy. It would be deeply unpleasant. Yeah, you'd get fucking shut down immediately the first time somebody yelled the N-word. Yeah, or as he goes on here. (laughs) This is a time when the women's movement had begun in its infancy. Women were beginning to challenge their very constrained place in society, and they gave us some interesting characters. We're not trying to tap into, he's a black man, so he should speak this way, and she's an Indian woman, so she should speak that way. We're trying to feel what they're like as people. Maybe that's my own idiocy, naivete, or delusion about what people are fighting about now. I know that there are some people who believe that the only fiction you should do is basically your own autobiography. But I think that's really limiting, and you can't tell stories. 
I hope that we found a sensitive way of discussing those issues. I don't like hearing the fact that the co-founder of Rockstar is even using the word sensitivity. That's making me very nervous. Really excited for Red Dead 2. Rockstar has always been one of my favorite game publishers. Absolutely. The fact that I'm hearing the co-founder of Rockstar say the word sensitivity horrifies me. Because that was the whole best thing about Rockstar is that they never gave a fuck and they were just making fun, like they were having fun and like making shit that we wanted to see. Mm-hmm. God, maybe I won't buy this game now. I don't know. I'm a little torn. We'll have to think about it. Yeah. It's up in the air, Bubba. Well, I'm already pot committed, so I'll let you know. Yeah, you're a little fucked, so. Whenever you, you get into it, it's like, now before we start the game, let's talk about how to speak to the natives. Now, don't give them any fire water. No, that would actually be funny, so they're not going to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be great if they did something like that. Just had the game start with, like, a... You know how the Fallout games used to start out with, like, the fucking scrolling mm. shit like yeah. that? Do that, but it's uh, how to be... Um, War. War never changes. Yeah. Do that, but it's how to be sensitive in the Old West, and it's just, like, the most racist shit ever. <laughs> That would be hilarious. And then they can just be like, we were trying to make it accurate and sensitive at the same time. What do you want from me? That's what I would do if I was running a rock star. You're not, though. Sadly. Or luckily. Both. We'll see how Red Dead 2 turns out. <laughs> if it turns out shitty, you'll say sadly. If it turns out good, you'll say luckily. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go scream into a pillow for a couple hours about Titans. Yeah. So. Just remember the Batman's a killer, and the dove slices yeah, people. Batman's a killer. Dove's cutting people in half like Hannibal Lecter. Uh-huh. I'm assuming Superman's a rapist, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Okay. <laughs> Sweet dreams. <laughs> Sweet dreams, everybody. All your heroes are dead and horrible. Your life is a lie. The old West was insensitive. <laughs> John Wayne probably said the N word. <laughs> Alright guys, as always, uh, thank you so much for listening. We always appreciate it. Uh, if you want to hear more from us, you can follow us at The A to Z Show on Twitter. Please do. Also follow me on at Melch Knows Best on Twitter. Proceed with caution. True, especially now the hockey season started. How about them blues? Yeah, yeesh. Also, we've got at Big Guy ACV. You can follow Andrew if you want something uh, a little bit more tame and not as angry all the time as me. Uh, as always, guys, I hope you had a lot of fun. We love you so much. We really appreciate it. If you feel like it, drop us a uh, rating on whatever uh, app you happen to be listening to this podcast on because we're on several now. Yeah. Run a lot of them, actually. I would say most. It's pretty dope. Yeah. It's harder to not find us than it is to find us now. I agree, 100%. And then uh, also, if you have any topics or anything, you guys, uh, topics, questions, life advice, anything like that you'd want to hear from either of us, Mm -hmm. feel free to uh, tweet it at us. Or you can email to um, a to z show dot ask at gmail.com. Okay. Send anything in there. If you don't want to, like, send it off on Twitter or something like that, I kind of get it. So uh, I've been doing this wrong the whole time. I haven't submitted through Twitter or the email. I just show up and ask you. Yeah, no, you just pull up on, on the uh, on the TV, and then I just scream at things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. As always, thank you so much again. Uh, love you so much. You're the best. And don't ever forget that the Old West was very insensitive.